0: Hello, brothers and sisters. Here is the final chapter, the final wrap-up of Alex Ortega's book, The Source. Chapter 27, titled, Receive the Spirit. How does a human receive the Holy Spirit? The word spirit in our modern world may conjure up meanings not known to Bible writers. Surely, the Holy Spirit did not present ideas of seances and the departed dead to them. Strong's concordance tells us the Hebrew word and the Greek word translated as spirit in the Bible have the same meaning. The Hebrew word Ruach means wind, breath, spirit. The Greek word pneuma means wind, breath, spirit. The Greek word pneuma is exactly the same. The meanings must describe the same thing. In other words, if wind and breath are the same idea, then spirit must also fit the pattern. The word spirit must have something to do with breath and wind. Breath and wind is something living things do. Breath is not a living being. Wind is not a living being. If spirit is another word for breath and wind, then it is also is not a living being. All three words have to do with life. A breathing being has a personality, certain characteristics that define it. The personality of a living being is its spirit. The personality of God is his Holy Spirit. John four twenty four. God is a spirit. With these thoughts in mind, we approach in more detail how Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to his disciples. John 20, verse 22, And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Hmm. Here it is again, 3 SP, and I still haven't looked it up to see what it is. Um, 3 SP, page 242. He breathed upon them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. The apostles were not sent forth to be witnesses for Christ until they had received that spiritual endowment necessary to fit them for the execution of their great commission. All professions of Christianity are but lifeless expressions of faith until Jesus imbues the believer with his spiritual life, which is the Holy Ghost. So, how does he impart his spiritual life to the believer? He breathes upon them. Does he breathe another person on them? Or does he breathe his own life into them? The answer is clear enough, though it is beyond explanation. Let us verify this process. General Conference Bulletin, October 1, 1899, paragraph 12. Quote, Christ imparted to them through the Spirit His own sanctification. He imbued them with His power that they might win souls to the gospel. Henceforth, Christ would live through their faculties and speak through their words. They were privileged to know that hereafter He and they were to be one. They must cherish His principles and be controlled by His Spirit. They were no longer to follow their own way, to speak their own words. The words they spoke were to proceed from a sanctified heart and fall from sanctified lips. No longer were they to live their own selfish life. Christ was to live in them and speak through them. He would give to them the glory that he had with the Father, that he and they might be one in God. So this really, really speaks to me of the Sabbath. Or we're told in Psalms, not speaking their own words, nor doing their own deeds on the Sabbath, called the Sabbath of Delight, the Holy of the Lord, Honorable, and that it's um, the Sabbath is a sign that God sanctifies us. So this really goes along with what we just read. Signs of the Times, March 15, 1910. Joy in the Holy Spirit is health-giving, life-giving. In giving us His Spirit, God gives us Himself, a fountain of divine influences to give health and life to the world. Testimonies to Ministers, page 214. Christ breathed upon His disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Christ is represented by His Holy Spirit today in every part of His great moral vineyard he will give the inspiration, so we inspire, we expire in breathing, right? He will give the inspiration of his Holy Spirit to all those who are of a contrite spirit. Let there be more dependence upon the efficiency of the Holy Spirit and far less upon human agencies. I'm sorry to say that at least some have not given evidence that they have learned the lesson of meekness and lowliness in the school of Christ. They do not abide in Christ. They have no vital connection with him. They're not directed by the wisdom of Christ. All right, here's one I don't recognize either. OHC, page 150. Through the Spirit, the believer becomes a partaker of the divine nature. Christ has given his Spirit as a divine power to overcome all hereditary and cultivated tendencies to evil and to impress his own character upon the church. I'm going to... See if I have a book that has a list of abbreviations for books in it, it used to be that you know, I remember when I was a kid, I always saw that list in the book that had the abbreviations. Okay, so not this one, this is my 1888, doesn't have a list of abbreviations. I'll look at one more book and see if I can find those abbreviations. If not, I'm going to have to leave it to you to try to figure out. Sorry to say. I'm going to have to come up with a list of those abbreviations that I can have handy. That just seems... no, not finding one. Not happening here. Brothers and sisters. Sorry. Okay. OHC. Okay, page 150. Through the Spirit, the believer becomes a partaker of the divine nature. Christ has given his Spirit as a divine power to overcome all hereditary and cultivated tendencies to evil and to impress his own character upon the Church. 20 Manuscript Release, page 217. Shall we sleep on the very verge of the eternal world, Shall we be dull and cold and dead? Oh, that we might have in our churches the spirit and breath of God breathed into his people that they might stand upon their feet and live. I'm sorry, I'm just looking one more time. I just um, am annoyed that I don't have this little list in front of me of abbreviations. They used to have them in all the books. Oh, key. Okay, here we go. I found a key. ML is my life today. Okay. SP is uh, special testimonies. All right. And what was the other one up there? We just. OHC. OHC is. Not in here. Okay. Okay. Anyway, got a couple. They didn't. Okay. Uh, let there be more dependence upon the efficiency of the Holy Spirit and far less upon human agencies. I'm sorry to say that at least some have not given evidence that they have learned the lesson of meekness and loneliness in the school of Christ. They do not abide in Christ. Oh, wow. So if we abide in Christ, we will have meekness and lowliness in his school. They have no vital connection with him. They're not directed by the wisdom of Christ. Okay, OHC again. What is that? I am tempted to look in my although this hasn't always been very helpful to me. I'm gonna go ahead and look anyway. Um Topical Index, scripture index, discovery all tutorials, my reference works, research documents. Okay. Um writings, books. Okay, come on, show them to me. OHC, all right, see if it'll come up. OHC, okay. The, hmm, our high calling, OHC is our high calling. Okay, thank you. That was worthwhile, getting this together here. Okay. Our High Calling, page 150. Through the Spirit, the believer becomes a partaker of the divine nature. Christ has given his Spirit as a divine power to overcome all hereditary and cultivated tendencies to evil and to impress his own character upon the church. 20 Manuscript Release, page 217. Shall we sleep on the very verge of the eternal world? Shall we be dull and cold and dead? Oh, that we might have in our churches the spirit and breath of God breathed into his people, that they might stand upon their feet and live. My Life Today, page 49. Christ gives them the breath of his own spirit, the life of his own life. The Holy Spirit puts forth its highest energies to work in heart and mind. The grace of God enlarges and multiplies their faculties and every perfection of the divine nature comes to their assistance in the work of saving souls through cooperation with Christ. They're complete in him and in their human weakness, they're enabled to do the deeds of omnipotence. So like you start hearing things like that and your mind boggles and you go, I, c- I can't understand that. So I will dismiss it. However, um, there are people who don't understand the Trinity, but they accept it, which so we have to choose whether we believe what God says or what we believe. Or whether we believe what a pagan uh, council of Nicaea decided, Signs of the Times, October three, eighteen ninety two, paragraph four, Jesus is waiting to breathe upon all his disciples and give them the inspiration of his sanctifying spirit and transfuse the vital influence, the vital influence from himself to his people. He would have them understand that henceforth they cannot serve two masters. So if it's a vital influence, it's vital and we're influenced by it. Now how how that happens, we may not know. Their lives cannot be divided. Christ is to live in his human agents and work through their faculties and act through their capabilities. Did you hear that? His divine influence or vital influence will act through our mouth, our thoughts, our our will. And capabilities their will must be submitted to his will for this to happen they must act with his spirit that it may be no more they that live but Christ that liveth in them Jesus is seeking to impress upon them the thought that in giving his Holy Spirit he's giving to them the glory which the Father has given him that he and his people may be one in God our way and will must be in submission to God's will knowing that holy, just and good Four Bible Commentaries, page 1166. Without the Holy Spirit, without the breath of God, there is torpidity of conscience, loss of spiritual life. Many who are without spiritual life have their names on the church records, but they are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They may be joined to the church, but they are not united to the Lord. Unless they copy his character, labor in his spirit, they are naked, they have not on the robe of his righteousness." Ooh, so this explains what Christ's robe of righteousness is. Um, copy his character, labor in his spirit, and you'll have to be putting on his robe. Review and Herald, July 22, 1884. This is the best general meeting I have ever attended. We know that we have had the presence and blessing of God. He has breathed upon us his Holy Spirit. Review and Herald, June 13, 1899, paragraph 11. The gospel commission is to be carried out by men who know the inward working of the Spirit of God, who have the attributes of Christ. Christ's breath is breathed upon them, and he says to them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. All who are thus inspired by God have a work to do for the churches. Signs of the Times, August 26, 1897 Every faculty that we possess has been provided for us in Christ. For when God gave his son to our world, he included all heaven in his gift. And God would have men value their powers as a sacred gift from him. All the powers that we have, it's a sacred gift from God. It's a spark of God's own life. It's been breathed into the human body, making us a living soul, the possessor of moral endowments with a will to direct his own course of action. We recognize those things in ourselves. We don't know how they got there. But it was God who did that. He has the privilege of becoming a partaker of the divine nature. Reader, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Will you let him breathe on you to give you his own spirit? By partaking of his breath, wind, and spirit, you will live as he lives. Now, you may not understand how it happens, but you will see it happen. I have. You will have the same spirit that God gave to him. You will partake of divinity Mount of Blessing, page 77. If you are the children of God, you are partakers of his nature, and you cannot but be like him. Every child lives by the life of his father. If you are God's children, begotten by his spirit, you live by the life of God. In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2, verse 9. And the life of Jesus is made manifest in our mortal flesh. 2 Corinthians four, eleven. That life in you will produce the same character and manifest the same works as it did in him. Thus he will be in harmony with every precept of his law. For the law of the Lord is perfect in restoring the soul. So that when that life is in us, it reproduces the same character and does the same work. And we're not legally earning salvation, then are we? We're just responding to him being in us. Hallelujah. Psalms 19.7 in the margin. Through love... The righteousness of the law will be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, Romans 8, 4. On the 100th anniversary of Ellen White's death, the White estate released previously unseen quotations. Let's see, that was 1915 to 2015. 2015, okay, hasn't been that long. It's been like eight years ago. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abrideth not. and It shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. We are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. I believe that's Jesus speaking. The Lord is soon to come. We want that complete and perfect understanding which the Lord alone can give. It is not safe to catch the Spirit from another. We want the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus Christ. If we commune with God, we shall have strength and grace and efficiency. That just flat out says it. We want the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus Christ. EG White, letter 66, 1894, April 10, 1894, paragraph 18. In these words is set forth the great principle, which is the law of life for the universe. All things Christ received from God, but he took to give. So in the heavenly courts, in his ministry, for all created beings. Through the beloved Son, the Father's life flows out to all through the Son, It returns in praise and joyous service, a tide of love to the great source of all. And thus, through Christ, the circuit of beneficence is complete, representing the character of the great giver of the law of life. Desire of Ages, page 21, 1898. And lo, I am with you always. That's his promise. He said it would be him that was with us. And that is the end of our book. We made it. I hope you can go back and listen to it chapter by chapter all the way through so that you can follow the train of thought. I encourage you to do that so that you can have um, the knowledge to make the kind of decisions that you need to make about this subject. It's going to be a very hot topic. It's going to get hotter. It's going to separate and divide the church and shake people out. Um, That's the omega of apostasy was the trinity Okay, brothers and sisters, God bless you. I'll see you in the morning, and we will be doing a little meditational in the morning and get back to that. Take care. Dear Jesus, please bless those who are here with me today and myself as we strive to live your life and have your robe of righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. Please be in us with your spirit. In your name we pray. Amen.